Welcome everybody to Generational Roundtable. My name is Jan and I am a Xennial. I was born in 1980, right in between Generation X and the Millennials. And with me, I have my friend Sam. My name is Sam. Some people call me Samuel, but uh, you can call me Sam. I uh, was born in 1962, which makes me a a late, <laughs> I guess you could say, <laughs> a late boomer. I am still a boomer, though. And in this podcast, Sam and I will be discussing a wide range of topics from philosophy, spirituality, religion, politics, sociology, and also psychology. So all these topics that you don't want to discuss at the dinner table, we'll be discussing them for you. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Jan? I, I'm hanging in there. It's a long week, yes. but it's good to talk to you. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to Generational Roundtable, Episode 3. Sam, we're really doing this. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Yes, we are. Um, I don't want to waste any... We're talking about time today, everybody. So there's so many bad puns i had about time and i'm not gonna say any of the uh, those about like taking the time to talk about time whatever um sam and i we've been discussing this for for a while and we decided it's going to be at least a two-parter so today is part one of time right right and we noticed sam you started the last two two podcasts right right i did so so to Today, I just uh, like to see what your thoughts are about time. Oh, God, I got put on the spot. So, you know, so it's um, it's a difficult topic because time is thinking about it. It's what we have. That's us. That's us here. Right. It's our life. So we measure everything in time and I'm running out of time. I have no time, time for myself. So it's, it's the clock that's ticking days going by summer now is coming to an end already. We're in August and I feel, wow, like time went by. Um, I think, and I've been thinking about this a lot now. So I have, I have two daughters my oldest one is nine and my youngest one is four. And I noticed this recently. So looking at my youngest, um, she's, she changed so much over the last couple of months. She's grown. I'm <laughs> incredibly proud. Like Sam, you can, you, you're a dad of a daughter as well. Like who's, right. who's now an adult. How did that yes. happen? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time. <laughs> when 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 I think of your daughter, she was the little six year old I met. I was like, oh yeah, like you know, your little daughter. No, she's she drives and she yeah. goes to college. It's right, and she can vote, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> which is spooky. But um, and I was thinking about so how fast the summer went by, and we're now on on the fifth month of lockdown. And yes, it's been a challenging time, but it, for me, it also flew by. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, when the lockdown started, I was actually with my parents in Germany in March, and I had to flee the country, head over heels in the middle of the night uh, before they, they shut the borders. So and that was just in March. Right. And uh, this is, but this was five months ago. And for me, this kind of happened like in the blink of an eye because it was so busy. But right. so much happened. I started a new job. So many things happened. And it's, we were so blessed with, despite all the challenges and, and everything that is difficult, um, this time went by quickly. And then I looked at my kids and I tried to put myself in their shoes because they haven't been here this long. If you are four years old, five months right that's an eternity yes right for us it's just oh yeah like another year we've been around for a bit 
So time must have went a lot slower for them. And um, I can testify to that. So time, the older I get, I just made 40 this year, um, is speeding up disproportionately. It's crazy. Right. And also, so I see, I try to see the world through three different eyes at the moment. I'm trying to see them, see the world and time, especially through my daughters, where every longer car trip is boredom and torture because it's 20 minutes where they can't be in front of a screen or do something. (laughs) (laughs) An eternity, Sam, and an absolute eternity. And um, with how much detail they see the world. I don't know if you remember, but I, I remember that vividly, like exploring my parents' apartment when I was maybe five, six, seven, and then you dig into the crevices of the couch and you see all these details and the couch looked like a mountain. It was ginormous as a mm-hmm. kid. And mm-hmm. you notice all like the, the metal of the zipper. I still remember to this day the, the details of a couch that my parents owned. Right. And I don't think I've looked at my, any couch I've owned as an adult in the same detail ever <laughs> again. <laughs> so so, so I, I would ask if, if you feel that it's really possible for us as adults to maintain that same sense of wonder about the world that children have. And would that make a, a difference in how we perceive time? You know what isn't um y- yes I think it is absolutely to see the details and to stop just to stop for a moment and breathe and look at the beauty of what's uh, around you I don't I can't say for sure if that's what you know when you when you take the bible for as a reference what Jesus said about uh being like children right that this is because there are so many qualities in children that how and time, I think how they perceive it and the details and the love for these details and the beauty and the little things that we adults overlook because we rush because we have no time. We have no time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope and I'm trying to learn out of this COVID-19 lockdown situation De facto, I have more time. I don't have to commute. Mm-hmm. I'm right. fortunate enough that I can work from my office, which is my kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm being gifted all this extra time. Yeah, my kids could go to a, to a, um, a summer camp facility, but last week I just kept them home. Right. I had my children home with me extra time. And I'm, I painted with my daughter today, my youngest one. And just I'm trying to discover these little moments in time and take the time. I'm, I have to, I'm on conference calls every day. And I have to, my kids come into the kitchen and want something. And I have to signal them, listen, I can't talk right now. And I feel bad at times because it's time I can't dedicate to them. Right. And my time is of value. They won't be this small and need me and want my input on things. So I'm trying to learn. And that's why I said, like, I'll try to see the world through different eyes. One is them, right? Like, try to, I try to learn from them as much as they can learn from me to rediscover how, because this is in my, in my head, I'm still like them. I still want to discover that couch in detail. And and what stops you? uh, Obligations, responsibilities. job um having to cook dinner having to also it's a choice to in order for them to have that foundation so that they can make this these discoveries there are things that i have to take care of for them and i'm not it's i'm not blaming my children for not having the time i want them to have the time and these opportunities to discover the details and to fall in love with life. And there are things that I have to do for them in order for them to have it as a foundation. I still have to build a foundation for this family, but you're right. And it's, it's a, I'm trying now, and this is my big goal for this year 
I, I don't make New Year resolutions. Like, I'm if I see that things have to be done, let's start right away. This is something I'm working on, reclaiming my time. And that's it's it's hard because I see this is the second the second perspective that I see right now. My parents are in their mid to late seventies. Both are not in good health. My mom is suffering from progressive dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, she her perception of time. It's gone. So I don't know in what time she lives. She lives, she relives. I think her concept of time is completely in shreds or in terms of our linear, very segmented perception of time. She wakes up in the middle of the night, thinks it's day. She doesn't know what time of the day it is. When she's hungry, she eats, which is constantly. Uh, If she's thirsty, she drinks. Uh, When she's sleepy, she goes to bed whenever that is. Um, and she doesn't really know if she's still working. Sometimes she knows that she had a job. Then she thinks she just had a break or she's on vacation. She doesn't, she, sometimes she thinks her parents are still alive. She thinks she's still a child. Sometimes she knows she's a grandmother. It's so her concept of time is all over the place. And my dad is severely ill, um, we don't know how much time he has left, honestly. So I'm, and he is now, um, he's now battling basically his final battle with health. And it's, um, I'm trying to see the world through his eyes as well. So if I come to the end of of the life here on earth that was given to me and I'm and I know that like the physical form that I inhabit there's a there's a time stamp on it and that one is coming close to an end. Um how would that make me feel? And what are the things that I would love to still do with the time? Like, if you know that you have little left, aren't you more conscious about it? And I'm trying to learn from that. I don't want to go out. If I'm, if I'm blessed with a long life, um, I don't want to go out regretting anything. And, oh, I have all these um, the things I, I, I couldn't do, I couldn't accomplish, or that were left undone. Um, I don't want this on my plate and on my shoulders. So um, what you mentioned earlier, um, what is stopping me from from seeing these things and doing these things, um, yeah, finding that out, doing something about it, reclaiming my own time, and is, I think, is key to that. So that's basically, that's how, that's how... Um, I'm tackling so when you go ahead. when you when you say that you you're you're looking to reclaim your mm-hmm. time, so that's suggesting to me that you you see someone as having taken away your time um, no, I was young and dumb about my time <laughs> when you so I think it's in the first part of your life. So first of all, everything is. Remember being bored, Sam. Remember sitting somewhere. I'm like, I'm bored. I have nothing to do, you know, and being bored was the worst punishment ever. <laughs> uh, God, I missed that. <laughs> so, and then um, as a young adult, like you have, you have less responsibility. So you take on things. Right. And nobody, nobody has any claim over my time. It's about how I allocate it. Right. And it's now, and I think by the longer you live, the more responsibilities you run the danger of adding on to your list. It's not that, you know, it's, it's your times. Your, it's your choice ultimately, but right. uh, it's all these, uh, it's like, you know, get, making too many dinner dates with people that you don't like arrangements and, ah, yeah, like, you know, I have to and have to and all of a sudden your whole weekend is gone. 
and you always uh, hung out with people you didn't really want to because it's like but and the reclaiming part that i said is yes but mm -hmm. but these are choices these are choices absolutely and it's about making better choices now it's i'm in my 40s now and i think it's 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 about better choices it's about should i be drinking this soda or water do i really need another hamburger or should i be eating the salad just what to put in my body. Should I, do, do I really need to go on Facebook right now and read an article about like how bad the president is and whatnot and all these things? I know that already. Or should I be reading something constructive? That, you know, that, 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 am I just consuming somebody else's opinion or am I, am I working on forming mine in a more cognitive way? So it's it's these choices, mm-hmm. and what what I want to do with my time as well. So it's right. um, and honestly, this the, this lockdown has created more time. I spend so much time with my family, and I'm so extremely thankful for that. So the closeness, I think, for us as a family, which was limited to like an hour and a half every day, on the we all picked each other up on the commute back home. And then by 6.30, we got home, rushed through dinner, rushed through homework, rushed through a bedtime story, rushed through a lullaby, rushed through uh, brushing teeth, getting ready and all this. And then by 8 o'clock, they had to be in bed an hour and a half of family time. Mm-hmm. And then living mm-hmm. for the weekend where there were other obligations and other things to do, like shopping and like all the stuff that we couldn't do. So do, do you feel like these are artificial constructs that have been sort of placed on us? They're like a reflection of the societal structures that we are a part of, but that they're not natural. They're not the natural way that time should be spent. Yes and no. So time spent working is part of the human experience. However, putting on a monkey suit uh, commuting an hour and a half to the city or to an office where I sit in front of a uh, computer and all I do is communicate with people who are not in that office all day long and then sit in stupid conferences that, that I could have dialed in via phone and then rush out of there an hour and a half back just in, in, and I spend three hours of my uh, time commuting and spend all this money and all this stuff just to be physically somewhere where it made no sense, that's artificial. Sure. So, yes, there is a natural component to it to work and to actually physically do something. Uh, but a so lot if of you it, were hmm? doing, if you were doing what you perceive as, as something that you wanted to do, would that make your experience of it better or easier? Uh, yes, so I did both in the past. So, like regular nine to five office job, and I've seen how much that was wasting my time in parts where it wasn't necessary. I could have been a lot more productive without all that nonsense of the show that I had to put on there. And when I worked in tourism and I did these tours, um, yeah, I still had to go into the city uh, b- because that's where the job was. But I used the commute for, for a lot of the, the office work. So I had an hour and a half on the bus with my laptop on my knees. Um, I was actually doing work. I didn't have to be in an office. And I was in my T-shirt with my logo on it. I was in jeans and Jordans, like me. That's what I, like, I was myself in terms of what I like wearing. And I was handling something not in an environment that was where I had to look a certain way or be a certain way. It was my own choice. And then I was doing something that I enjoyed for the next five hours and was feeding off other people's energy and I could control a group in terms of positivity. And it was, it was, and I felt I was exhausted afterwards. Like putting on a show for people for five hours was exhausting, but physically, but I wasn't as emotionally drained. And then, and then I was done by two 30. On the commute back home, I took care of more of the uh, the office stuff. Um, and a lot of times I was like, you know what? Let me not go home. Let me just go straight up and pick up my kids early. So I started seeing my kids not at 6.30, but at 3 o'clock when they were done with school. And I could pick them up 
we went and, and, and had coffee together. They had some hot chocolate or so. But um, in terms of time, I think this is when I was a little bit more conscious about, wow, so I'm still making money. Maybe not as much as I had before. But I gladly would have paid double to have this extra time with my, with my family, the quality time. And so, yes, my, my perception has changed in, in that regard. Um, it's still, a day has 24 hours and there's certain things, you know, and, and I was never good with asking for help. I'm not good with delegating. I, I was raised in a home where everybody took care of their own stuff. And asking for help is was nothing my, my parents were good at. And it's something where I'm struggling to. Um, I'm now learning that asking people for help is um, key to also freeing up time for myself or using my time more efficiently. And... A colleague of mine, like he said, like, listen, like, don't be ashamed to, to ask people for help. And don't think that that only benefits you. If you're asking people for help, you allow them to step up to the plate and you allow them to shine. That's, that is beneficial for them as well. And I've never seen it that way in the past. Right. And this is a, it's like a paradigm shift that's happening a little bit. So, I'm trying very hard right now to be more mindful of my time and to cut out certain things where I was, when you're young and you have a lot of time, it's as if you have some, something, if you have a big pack, you go to Costco and you buy a big pack of something, you start being wasteful with the first half of it because you just bought a ginormous pack. You have all, all the stuff in the world. And then you see, oops. We're halfway done. That went quick. Let me be a little bit more conservative about it. I think that's why I'm at uh, right now. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sam, how about you? Do you have any more questions about me and Sam? Well, you know, this is a, a, an interesting topic. It's something that seems to be so vast. So, you know, we yeah. just, it's, there's a lot to cover, I guess. Uh, for 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 myself, well, I think that. So you said you're 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 forty, and I am fifty eight. Um, I think that for the majority of my life, I did things that I felt that I needed to do, but that I didn't necessarily enjoy doing. Um. I felt like my time was restricted, but I have to acknowledge that it was my choice. Um, I, I, I didn't see other options. I didn't focus on things that could, um, could al that might allow me to to use my time in different ways. Um, so in, in some in some ways, I feel like I gave my time away. Um, mm -hmm. I gave my time away to others who benefited um, um, by using my time. Um, and those are the things that I look back on and I don't regret. I just I'm just cognizant now of the fact that it seems like society society works in a way that 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 entraps us into surrendering our time our energy our efforts um now if i had been able to see things from a different perspective when i were, was younger if i worked more towards economic self-sufficiency i feel that i would have been able to um, to use my time in a different way. So I felt like, I feel like I was trapped because no one explained to me or, no, or there was no one to, to really teach me. I don't think it's something that you learn in school, mm. the importance of economic self-sufficiency. 
um, because that's the root of what we give away our time for. We give away our time for our paycheck. Right, um, right. But, but our paycheck in, in the grand scheme of things doesn't amount to much when we compare it to those who actually um, are movers or, or shakers in some ways. Um, it depends on who you are and how much you make. But even if you're making up to seven figures, it doesn't mean that you have necessarily have wealth. You um, you might have some some of the trappings of wealth. You just have then, higher debt, most likely. Right, exactly, exactly. So you, you, if you're making upward of, of seven figures, you own a bigger house and your mortgage right, you is higher. But uh, at the bottom line, you, you might have the same 50 bucks left after everything is paid. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, to me, the, the restructuring of how I think is what makes a difference in terms of time. Mm. Uh, I... I, I, I I do more of what I enjoy doing now. A lot of what I, I do has to do with intellectual pursuits. And um, I'm, I'm a, a student and I'm a, a, an instructor. Um, but I, but I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. And when I am able to do what I enjoy doing, I feel that time flows in a different way yes it flows in a way that allows me to to accomplish a lot um but not to experience it as stifling to experience it as as something that's enjoyable so that's what i learned as i grew older and of course i wish i would have learned that when i was younger but for me to um, to look back and say, I wish that doesn't seem to be a productive thing to do either, because the reality when it comes to time is that we don't have, there's no such thing as the past and the future. The only thing that we really have is the present moment. Yeah. And in learning that the present moment is all that counts, that's something else that empowered me um, to, to, to take more mental control over my experience of time. So instead of ruminating over what I could have done, I think the, the, the more productive thing for me to do would be to experience what I can in the present moment. And, um, and, and, and the same thing holds true for the future because we sometimes um, place ourselves into this where we're considering all types of possibilities for things in the future. And that impacts our present time. Now, I'm not saying that I'm an expert on doing that because there are times when, when I do feel like there are things that I regret. And there are times when I do look at the future and allow the future, my thoughts on the future to control how I feel right now. But I think that the only thing that I can say is that I'm a little bit more aware of that now and those dynamics and, and being aware of them um, gives me a little bit more of an opportunity to try to control my my mental and emotional perceptions of time. Um, Has, so, mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off with this one, but do you feel that your perception of the future has changed in this regard? Are you um, are you more or less afraid when you think of the future, or is it has it never been in, in terms of fear? Um, no, so yeah, it, it 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 has been in terms of fear. You fear sometimes people fear the unknown, but mm-hmm. it it's not that I um, think differently about the future. What what I'm learning is that the future doesn't exist in the sense that <laughs> we only have this present moment. If we plan something in the future, we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and and that grounding in now is the key. <laughs> it is it's 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 conceptual in the sense that we've always been taught to see time as linear, see time as something that existed in the past and something that that and some future far off that we may or may not get to. But and that's the linear perspective of time that's been sort of um, ingrained in us as a culture. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that's the exact, that's exactly the experience of time. I, I think that what I'm learning is that time actually takes place in a different way. 
Um, and part of the empowerment that we have is to is at least that I'm I'm not saying we I'm I'm more focusing on my own experience right of mm. it. Um, the the empowerment that I have is for me to focus on now as opposed to focusing on the past or the future. And like I said, that's not something that I'm, 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 I'm trying to come across as an expert at because I'm definitely not. But it's something that I am considerably more aware of now than I was in the past. Wouldn't you say, you know what? Um, I think you are an expert because it's, it's about you the same way I am an <laughs> expert about myself Sure. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. In this yes. and yeah. in this very moment, uh, one thing that you just said is that yeah, you have some regrets, and you wish you you had known certain things earlier, but hasn't the accumulation of all these experiences led you to that very moment where you are aware of what you are aware of now? Yes. And could you say a hundred percent if you had made any different? choices or anything that would have led you to where you are now i don't know um See? And, and, and that's and that and so the, and that's the that's the thing about it is that i can i can speculate about the past i can speculate about the future but i'm doing it now right and the and that and that that is sort of my my point yeah i i i so Yeah, there are ways that you can go back in time and experience things differently. Um, th these are th these are things that I have experienced, right? So the thing about our experiences that sticks with us is the emotion that we attach to those experiences, right? Um, if mm -hmm. you go back in time, right, and rewrite the way things happen, right? What happens is that you can experience emotions differently in the present time. I don't know if that we, makes sense to you. We don't we But, do that a lot. So it's like people can swear on the oath that this is how they remember it, and they have a certain emotion connected to that memory and everything. Right. And then is the, the as if sometimes if they're presented with the recording of that, mm -hmm. and they could have sworn that car was blue in their memory. And, and that's why they bought an, uh, a car yesterday that was blue. Mm -hmm. And yes. then it turned out to be red. Right. And, and, so, and so a lot, of, a lot of that is a reflection of the mechanism of, of, of how, how, we, how our brains work. Um, a lot of memory is, is filler. Um, mm. What we remember is a few key things plus what our imagination adds to it and that's <laughs> and that doesn't mean that you're not that it's not true it is true for it, you it, it is true for you and it is it is an accurate reflection of how our minds work and how our brains work um a lot of what happens to us is subjective If you ask two people to describe the same situation, they might describe it differently. <laughs> and neither one of them is, 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 is fabricating. It's how they experience it, you know? Um, we're, so t we're so indoctrinated to believe that everything is so factual when a lot more of, of what we experience in life is, is actually subjective. Um, True. I think I read something on it was a uh, it was a short article about uh, eyewitness reports uh, taken right. from po uh, police officers. Right. And they asked five people to to describe the incident, and it you wouldn't even believe it happened in the same country. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was that. So th their perception was completely different. Right. And, there, and, and and there is no actual factual perception of it. It is all subjective. Yeah. If, if, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Even if you put in like the camera component. So even yes. if you record everything. Yes. So what the camera records, that's objective. Because it really goes through an objective. Um, But it still has to be viewed by human eyes, and the moment mm -hmm. that is that step is done, 
same people can look at the same two people can look at the same tape and still see something completely different. Right. And the and the other thing is that the camera has a perspective. We can't um we can't ignore the fact that there that the lens has a a limited range. And so right. even though we think that we're seeing what we're seeing, um, if you move the camera and you see it from a different perspective or a different angle, you might have a different conclusion. So a lot of even 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 that is something that we can't necessarily 100 percent say is accurate. It's still mm-hmm. a perspective. It's still a perception. Um, it's still just showing you part of the picture. Um, and 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 that's and that's 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 a reality about how how things are in this life now so so and then to to move this sort of back into into our discussion on time um um i think that one of the the things that has helped me in terms of how i view time and my ability to understand that time is not necessarily linear in the way that we perceive it and mm. has been just meditation and just the ability to sort of sit still and and sort of realize that um that there's something going on outside of my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and that that is probably more an accurate description of what's going on um talk sam tell me a little bit more about meditation because i know we're both not experts on this so i've no. always found it fascinating and i started about a month ago we really with like the most baby steps of listening to certain music like meditational music with certain sounds that i that i enjoy and i'm doing i'm trying to do 15 minutes before i start work like when I'm already, when I'm got ready and there's certain, like when I got a couple things out of the way and then I'm like, you know, what? before I really dive head in, I sit there, um, like legs crossed, close my uh, eyes and I put headphones on and just try to focus on, I don't even know what I try to focus. I just try to calm my thoughts that are going in 50 different directions and i'm just trying to be there maybe by myself in the moment i don't know what to focus on do you have any tips (laughs) i don't have any tips necessarily i i can just share what my experience of of it has been sure um And, and 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 I'm sure that there are people who log in hundreds of thousands of hours of meditation, mm. and those are probably people to ask about meditation. Um, my 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 experience is that um, it it is a great thing to to be able to sit 15 minutes, but for me it takes. The fifth, the first first fifteen minutes, even to fifteen twenty half hour, seem to be the amount of time that it takes to even sort of get into a space where where that mind moving that monkey mind or whatever, however <laughs> you describe it, starts to slow down. And it's not even that it starts to slow down. I think the only thing that happens is that I stop trying to slow it down. And I, what happens is that at a certain point, I realize that I'm observing it. So mm. it's the realization that someone, so I say I'm observing it and I'm going to even change that. I would say that what I realize is that it's observable. Um, mm-hmm. And that it's possible that the person doing the observing is more me than the mind that's coming up with the editorializing of what's going on. Um, and 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 then and that takes a while. <laughs> that takes a while for me to sit there. Then all of a sudden, I'll just realize for a second even if it's briefly sometimes it's not even a long time that i'll realize that 
that there is an ob- observation of the of the mind that that can take place and that it's possible that the observation of what's going on is more or the observer of what's going on is more akin to me so it sounds to me that there's layers to the you so there's the one that is what you said is the the processing one that tries to understand everything plan ahead and worries about tomorrow and and is 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 maybe more tied to that monkey brain so where you think it's um that that this is the the real you in a way, but then you have the almost more spiritual, the 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 true observer, the one with the distance. That is, like, do you think that that is the true I? In this sense, I, or is I, it the complexity of everything? No, I I don't I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I don't think that the one who is editorializing, I don't think that okay. the monkey mind is me. I just think that that is the, the it's, process. The, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the chatterbox. And, and, and I think that the chatterbox is more a reflection of external. the programming that we have, the oh, external yeah. stuff. It's um, um, in sociology we speak uh, about um, so external and internal force in this, and right. um, that voice that you hear is the internalization of the external um, pressure. Right. So, uh, you, and that's um, uh, the way you, you're brought up by your parents. Basically, no, don't do this, don't do that. That, that constant corrective. Um, mm-hmm until you internalize it and it's no longer needed externally. Right. And so you will hear these and, and um, it's constantly fed through rules and regulations and certain things coming from external, but they, and, and that's what keeps everything at peace because everybody has been so it uh, has internalized that external control mechanism to the point where it's, it's a, it's, it's a program that runs itself. Exactly. It needs an update every now and then. Right now, but you the, have to fear this instead of that. Right, but that's <laughs> not you. That's not me. That's no. not you. That's the program that's going on, and I. And so I, I don't think that that monkey mind is me. That's my experience mm. now. Um. So. So 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 I would say the the essence of who I am is probably more akin to the observer. So in, in dreaming, right, there are times that you can dream lucidly. And what I mean is that there, even if it's, if, even if there have been very brief experiences of it, there were experiences of, of, of me realizing that i'm dreaming and Mm. having the ability to make choices while i'm dreaming right now what 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 i then gather from that is that you can also do the same thing during waking life and that occurs when you are aware that you're observing even in waking life and you make decisions from the place of the observer as opposed to making decisions from the place of the the program um but that is a fleeting experience for me at times but i'm again more aware of the fact that i can make decisions from a different place that decisions can come from a different place than from the 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 the, Operate, the operating program that's right. constantly running in the background. Right, right. Is that what do you? Th- what motivates you to do this? Because I feel a lot of people are just fine with with the, why change that? Why mess with it? Like, don't touch. 
Like computer people would tell you never touch a running system. Why? It's working. It's running. You're breathing, right? You got a <laughs> yeah. roof over your head. You have you have food on your table. Why do you have to mess with it? Sam, right. why, do you, why do you have to mess with this beautiful program? It's been a lot of people put a lot of work in it that, that it runs smoothly. Um, yeah. what, would, what would you say is the motivation to do so, especially now that, that you're, you're, you're a little older? Um, is time and the time that you have left in this physical form, is this something that motivates it to? Or is this more like a principle? No, it, it's... it's... So I'm going to try to address the 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 time that I have left mm -hmm. aspect of things, right? I don't know how much time I have left. I don't sure. I don't know what's going to happen in an hour from now. Um, but and and I don't know what happens when you die when when a person dies. I don't I don't know that. Um, um, so there are are times when. I feel it's not necessarily it's not necessarily fruitful for me to to anticipate what happens in, in that way. Mm. Um so I don't think that the motivation that's not the motivation, but I think that the motivation for me is more like the same as why did um why did Neo take the red pill? <laughs> you know. This <laughs> is like, you know, it it so it, it's more it's more a spiritual drawing to 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 do that for me it's more uh, you know questions that i have you know about who's who's writing this program <laughs> you know who's running this program who wrote this program why is it why is it why does it exist what and what would happen if i didn't op didn't operate by means of this program, so I, I, I would say that that's more what motivates me. I, you know, am curious. I, I want to experience things on a different level. I mean, we, we, we. I mean, I think it's it's pretty common, a common uh, way of thinking to realize that we are. We are more than just our three D bodies. We're we're mm. we're actually multidimensional people. We're 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 people who are actually probably not bound by time. But that's not to say that we don't experience time the way we do. We do in this three D reality. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way that we can experience time. Even if you look at it from scriptural script, scriptural perspective, mm. we see many miracles that take place, and you wonder how those miracles take place. And it's and to me, if I were to to label it, I would say that these are individuals that found ways to transcend their three dimensional experience of life. And I think that it is definitely possible to transcend that three dimensional experience of life. Um, that's not to say that while we're here, we're not experiencing things in this three D way. But but I think that there is also the possibility of experiencing things from a larger, broader, more, I would say, truer perspective. Have you made any changes to your life? Because um, that's one thing I struggle with. So the, the meditation, everything that you just described, for me, um, this is very similar to a workout. Right? It's just like it's not working out your muscles, but it's working out your your, um, your basically your your uh, help me on this. Is it spiritual? Is it your? Is it you know? I'm I'm struggling because what are you working out? What are you? Which level are you? Are you improving? But even when you said 15 minutes, I was like, yeah, great. That's a warm up. And I agree. In the gym, 15 minutes, that's, that's not a workout. That's for your muscles to actually get used to, okay, now something, something is coming, you know? Um, yeah, so, and so I don't know because someone might say an hour is just a, a warm-up. It's just, it's just a warm-up. So someone who has a different perspective than me might definitely see it a different way. I don't necessarily think that it's a workout. I think that it's probably the opposite of a workout. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a release, it's a release. Oh, let's go. Uh, 
yeah but um, it takes but both take time i think it's it's i want to continue to meditate and i think i would love to really get up to that 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 hour because i we spoke about this earlier when we had our, our uh, call before this um podcast some people say i can't waste an hour on this um but we both don't see that as an hour wasted on the contrary like you never know how much that might increase your productivity for right. everything else not again the control program but what you want to achieve about yourself so it's your time it's your life right. and um if an hour meditating helps you focus on you and what you need to do you have a completely different productivity the same with with uh, so my perfect day would consist of at least an hour meditation and then an hour and a half in the gym every day. So to keep my the, this physical form strong and, 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 and healthy and also my, my mind and my soul in a good balance. Um, did you see any... Like, did you make any changes in your everyday life to, to make sure you have that time? so and what how we spend our time is is our choice right. and it always has been our choice it seems to me that we if if we think it's not our choice that that just indicates to me that we've given away our choice um and so so i think that what happened at a certain point is that i said i was going to to do to do that I was going to give myself some time to meditate in the mornings, right? Um, I think it takes 21 days to to start a habit. Mm. And then I think that after that, it becomes a part of your routine. It becomes a part of your what you've scheduled into your day, your day that is your day because you you it's it's a part of your routine it's a part of what what you do now are there adjustments that i had to make well i i go i mean like a lot of people stay up late and i choose to go to bed i choose to go to bed at 9 30 um i i it's important for me to go to bed at 9 30 and if i don't get to bed at 9 30 i feel like like I'm missing out on on sleep time. Um and and my choice to go to bed at nine thirty means that means that I, I don't watch that much television anyway. But it means that I I have to say to myself, okay, um I'm going to stop looking at at YouTube, even if it's something that I think is is important i'm going to stop now because i have to go to bed <laughs> because it's i feel you I've, i feel you I've, yeah. and you know what i think that's actually one one thing that i do like about the new technology that i oh no i have to stay up otherwise i'm gonna miss my show right. from back in there you remember that so you yeah. just stayed up until midnight just to to live on somebody else's schedule Oh God, I don't miss that at all, and I don't think it's it's it makes any sense. But this, I I also agree with the temptation. Oh, and another video, and another rabbit hole to go to go yes. down. Right. Um, I absolutely agree. It's uh, and I I go to bed maybe half hour after you, yeah. but I'm up at five forty five again, right. and I do enjoy that quiet time in the morning to do things. Not in a rush, but to have enough time to make myself the cup of coffee. It's a, I love these rituals. And this in the morning, um, I, ha I really pour a cup of coffee. I have like a really nice, uh, like a glass carafe um, uh, pourer. And I grind my coffee beans in the morning. I put on the kettle. And it's, it's a time-consuming uh, process but I take my time in the morning to do so. It's important to me. I, I right. could I could put some put, put on some put some instant co uh, coffee in a mug and some water and put that in the microwave. Right. The effect of caffeine in my body will be the same, but it's a process that takes time. And I think 
it all comes down back to that, the details, these little things. And I think um, I'm trying after uh, having everything that I haven't had growing up and these things that I wanted. And at one point you reached all the materialistic things. And I think now it's to the point where I'm like, you know what? I can go with less if it is, has the details that I enjoy. I rather enjoy time and detail and details. I actually managed to sit down and read a book today to right. physically read, a, not an audio book. I enjoy audio books. I always listen to, to, to audio books and like, like uh, children's stories and stuff. When I was a kid, cassettes, remember cassettes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> where you yeah. had, where it took time to rewind. <laughs> uh, and, but I, I sat down this morning and I had a freshly brewed cup of coffee that took its time. And I sat there and I read a physical book and uh, I enjoyed that so much today. And it's these little things I, I want to win back in a way from myself. Not because, right. I, and I think you've given me um, a little bit more consciousness about how I plan my days and what to do when. And I have to have an early start tomorrow, I know it, but I will definitely put in, let's see if I can put a half hour in of meditation to amp it up. So mm-hmm. I did this with, I can only compare this to, to working out. Right. Because this was the only time in my life I dedicated time to myself. Right. And I started with 15 minutes, then a half hour, then 45 minutes. And my workouts have always been almost meditation. I zone out. I don't work with a partner. I have music on my uh, headphones and I focus only on my body, on certain things, certain muscle groups I work at. Um, And it is at least... The, the focus and the step in the right direction, but I want to see um, like if I can do this for, for my mind and my soul as well, just to, to give it that kind of peace and, and, and focus. I noticed even those 15 minutes, it's more than it's, it's nothing I know, but honestly, I, everything that was like, not stressing me out, but that was occupying me. Right. After that felt, I got this. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, so there's one thing that I, I, I want to say, and, and that is that um, there is nothing saying that you have to meditate for an hour. <laughs> there's nothing saying that you have to meditate for a half hour. If you enjoy the 15 minutes, that's fine. That is, that is how you spend your time. Time is your choice. And so there's nothing forcing you to say that you have to meditate more. And that's something that I needed to learn myself also. So, so it's like, it's, my, it, it's, it's, it's me learning to do what I want to do with my time. It's not a competition. It's I'm not. Rel- yes. Sam, I'm relaxed than you. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna work hard, so I'm gonna be more yeah. relaxed than you next time. Right, and so, and so we, and so we make that we make meditation into a time constraint. We we force it, and so and, and so it's not it's not the meditating that's it's not it's not the you're, you that meditating. It's the programming that we were talking about earlier that's causing you to think that you need to meditate more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, my suggestion is just to, you know, so, I, yeah, I, I went from five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes to one day saying, well, let me try half an hour and then working myself up to 45 minutes and then saying, um, well, let me try an hour. Right. And I could probably go for longer than an hour, but I do consider time time. I, I do choose at, at a certain point to say, well, I need to do something else. You know what I mean? Um, but, but, but my point is that it was a process for me to get from five minutes to an hour, but you know, and without pressure, you know, I think that's a very good tip. And I think like, so we're both trying to achieve the same thing to be more mindful of our time and basically getting, control back over how we spend our time right right and less exactly. less program more 
whatever it takes. Some things just take time. Yes. I'm, I'm, I've been working kitchens for, for 15 years. I'm a passionate chef, and I keep telling people time is an ingredient. Right. There are recipes or certain things where, yes, you've done everything right, but you didn't respect the time it takes. Right. And certain things take time. Right. I like and that. Can't be, it can't be skipped. We are <laughs> on top of the hour, Sam. This yes, was a pleasure. Like yes. we, we're running out of time. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So to be mindful of everybody's time. Um, yeah. yeah. Next week we're gonna continue with uh, the subject of time, but this time. Uh, See, the puns keep rolling out here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to focus a little bit more on a larger scale. So today we talked a little bit more about our personal perception. And right. we decided to open it up a little bit more from um, a historic uh, perception of time, maybe even a spiritual perception of time. And right. um, also, is time linear? Is it uh, cyclical? Right. what are the different viewpoints and uh, we just want to share our thoughts on that sure right? that's all great yes okay so guys <laughs> until next time have a beautiful time <laughs> <laughs> take care bye-bye all right